1 Kings chapter 3, verses 16 through 28. And I'll bet you've heard this story before. Now two prostitutes came to the king and stood before him. One of them said, Pardon me, my lord. This woman and I live in the same house and I have a baby while she was there with me. The third day after my child was born, this woman also had a baby. We were alone and there was no one in the house but the two of us. During the night, this woman's son died because she lay on him. So she got up in the middle of the night and took my son from my side while I, your servant, was asleep. She put him by her breast and put her dead son by my breast. The next morning, I got up to nurse my son and he was dead. But when I looked at him closely in the morning light, I saw that it wasn't the son that I had borne. The other woman said, no, the living one is my son. The dead one is yours. But the first one insisted, no, the dead one is yours. The living one is mine. And so they argued before the king. The king said, this one says, my son is alive and your son is dead. While that one says, no, your son is dead and mine is alive. Then the king said, bring me a sword. So they brought a sword for the king, and he gave them an order. Cut the living child in two, and give half to one and half to the other. The woman whose son was alive was deeply moved out of love for her son and said to the king, Please, my lord, give her the living baby. Don't kill him. But the other said, Neither I nor you shall have him. Cut him in two. Then the king gave this ruling. Give the living baby to the first woman. Do not kill him. She is his mother. When all Israel heard the verdict the king had given, they held the king in awe because they saw that he had wisdom from God to administer justice. It's the word of God. May it find its way into our hearts and lives this morning by the power of his Holy Spirit. Amen. So we've been talking about be holy, be good, be kind, and this morning we're going to focus on that last one, be kind. Uh, because I hope to convince you that it's not enough uh, to just do the things, right, to, uh, to, 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 to do all the things God wants us to do, whether it's at home in our prayer closet or whether it's out in the world, that, um, that, that we need to carry with us something of, uh, of, of, of Christian kindness with us as we do it. So to begin with, I want us to think about the pickle that King Solomon finds himself in this morning. Finds himself in something of a pickle, doesn't he? Uh, a, a little conundrum. See, uh, 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 the, the, these two prostitutes have, uh, have come before King Solomon and each have a claim on, on the, this little infant. The infant obviously can't speak for himself. And there's really no way to sort out who's lying and who's telling the truth. And so Solomon does the only fair thing to do. Right? Like when two kids are fighting over a brownie 
and the parent says, well, let's just cut it in half. Or if, uh, if, if, uh, if two people are, are, beside, uh, are before a judge and they both have claim to uh, a piece of land and the judge can't work out who, they might split it in half. It's a fair thing to do. But in this case, fairness is cruelty. In this case, justice is barbaric. Because the king uh, asked for his sword and they take the sword off the wall and he lifts it up and he says, all right, let's do the fair thing. Let's cut the baby in two. (coughs) In doing that, Solomon reveals the character of the two would-be mothers. The imposter reveals herself. She says, let's cut the baby in two. I'll take my half, you take yours. Because this is really about her anger. This is really about her her sense of the unfairness of life, that, that she would have a dead baby and her neighbor would have a living one. This is really about her wanting to win the fight. And she would rather win than see that baby healthy and thriving. So she chooses the sword on the wall. How like us. How like us to choose the sword on the wall. We do it time and time again, don't we? We choose to divide. We, 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 we choose to, to, to end our relationships. We choose to, 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 to have our own way at, at, at the expense of others. We choose the sword on the wall. What's the most awkward church service you've ever been to? Hopefully not this one, right? <laughs> Um, I, I can remember the most awkward church service I've ever been to. Um, I was a uh, I was um, uh, in college and uh, in and I was a part time youth minister at a church, and uh, and we had, had gotten a new pastor about six or seven months before, and the new pastor just wasn't a good fit for this congregation. Um, he just uh, he uh, he just had some uh, he just was not very flexible. Um, he just had some very uh, rigid uh, sort of uh, sort of views, and, and he wanted to sort of uh, force uh, force them on everybody. And, uh, and he just seemed to rub people the wrong way. And it got to where you know about two thirds of the congregation had left. So the pastor Paris relation committee had to meet together and they had to make the decision to ask the DS for a new pastor. Um, you can't do that anymore. They changed the rules. That's a joke. You can do that. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so they have this meeting. They have this vote. It doesn't go the pastor's way. And... Um, we all have to go to church together the next Sunday. And the pastor was angry. He was seething. He was in the middle of this, uh, of this uh, series on, um, on, on uh, Joshua leading the, the, uh, the, the Hebrew children into the promised land. 
And, uh, and this Sunday, we were supposed to cross the Jordan River and go into a promised land, but the pastor had other things on his mind. And boy, he uncorked a fiery stem winder that morning. I mean, uh, the, 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 the fire was coming up out of the ground, and, uh, and, and the, 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 the brimstone was raining down on us, right? And then at the end of the sermon, he did this. He uh, drew an imaginary line, and he said, the Jordan River runs right through here. Who's on my side? And he wanted all of us Hebrew children to make a decision, uh, to get up out of our seats and, and, and take sides right there in the sanctuary. Which side of the Jordan are we on? I'm telling you, I have never wanted a trap door to a secret tunnel out of the church so bad in my life. I remember walking out of the church that day, and there were, uh, and there were some, um, uh, some visitors that Sunday. And I remember the, the, the man saying to the woman, well, I guess we're going to the Baptist church next week. That guy's crazy. <laughs> Listen. I've not been a pastor about four years, but I've been in ministry for about 20 as a youth pastor working in churches. Being fired from a church stinks, right? I've been fired from a couple, various reasons. Wasn't a good fit, church ran out of money. It's paying a youth pastor, paying a janitor. We're not emptying our own trash, you know, that, that kind of thing. I think it stinks. It feels like being fired by your family. Actually, it is like being fired by your family. But to use your opportunity on Sunday morning to share the good news of the gospel, to divide, that's wrong. That is wrong. But we all do it, don't we? We all reach for the sword. We'd rather cut the baby than lose. We're obsessed with winning, aren't we? There's something in us as human beings that we just need to win, no matter the cost. You know, for, uh, for, 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 for Pastor Jim, the baby was the church. Sometimes the baby's a relationship, isn't it? Have you ever been in a fight and who knows how it started, right? It started innocently enough, but pretty soon you're just fighting about everything. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's with, uh, with, with, the, with the, someone you're in uh, a romantic relationship or maybe it's someone in the family or maybe it's like a school board meeting, right? But, but there, you know, you, you've, you've gotten this fight and you're going round and round and round and round and you just want to win. And you know there's the one thing you could say. There's the one thing you could say or do. There's that sword hanging on the wall. If you grab that sword, you could end the fight. You did this. You also know that would end the relationship. But we do, don't we? We choose to cut the baby rather than lose. We see this in our nation. 
right? Friends, we've been fighting for so long, we've forgotten what we're fighting about as a nation. There are people out there, it's their whole job in the world to divide us over all kinds of lines, right? Uh, racial lines, political lines, um, uh, 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 class lines. They'd rather cut the nation apart than lose. All those ads you've been seeing for months, that's not about keeping you informed, right? You know, you've got them in the mail. It's, it's, it's the other guy, like the worst photo they've ever taken and, you know, all the bullet points of the worst things they've ever done. That's about winning. That's about winning no matter the cost. Our instinct as human beings is to reach for the sword no matter the cost. But there is a second option. I was supposed to show you the sword. I got so excited. There is a second option. There's the way of sacrificial love. See, the true mother is also revealed by Solomon's sword. The true mother is the one who, who is willing to end the madness, who's willing to give up her child, to say, you win, I lose, just to see that, that child be happy and healthy and thrive. Listen, that's not ironclad, right? That's not uh, uh, Maury Povich. That's not a, a maternity test. We don't know that this revealed the, 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 the true biological mother by science. But we do know who that baby should go home with at the end of the day. Who's going to love that baby? Who's going to take care of that baby and nurture that baby? The mother reveals her self-sacrificial love by refusing to take the sword, by saying, you win, I lose. Most of us choose that sword, but that's not what the mother did. Not what Jesus did either, remember? He was praying there in the garden just, uh, just minutes after he'd taken that loaf of bread and he'd broken it and said, you don't understand what I'm telling you right now, but soon this is going to be me. And he'd taken that cup and offered it. said, you don't, you don't get this quite yet, but soon this is going to be me. And so he's praying in the garden and he hears footsteps. He says to the disciples, my accusers have come. This is unruly mob, pitchforks, torches. And the mob parts and outsteps Judas, one of Jesus' closest friends. This is Rabbi. He kisses him on the cheek. The 
the mob springs into action, try to tie them up. You know, people pull out their swords. The disciples spring into action too, remember? Simon pulls out that sword, right? And he, he, he just, without even realizing what he's doing properly, just, just acting on instinct, he, he, he's got that sword and he lunges for the first person to get his hands on, cuts his ear off. And then the last miracle of Jesus' earthly career, remember? He takes the man and heals his ear. He looks at his disciples and says, Stop. Whoever lives by the sword dies by the sword. And he says, Do you not think I could end this all right now if I wanted to. I've got 10,000 legions of angels waiting. All it would take is a signal, and this would be over. But Jesus said, you win, I lose. And he walked the hill to Calvary for you and for me. When Jesus had the opportunity to choose the sword, he chose the cross instead. The way of the cross is the way of self-sacrificial love. The way of the cross is, 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 is that willingness to say, you win, I lose. It is to understand that there is something greater for each of us than being right and winging a couple of arguments on Facebook. There's a greater calling, a greater path. We sing how great the Father's love for us, how rich beyond all measure, that he would give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. Remember Jesus breaking the loaf? That was his body. God Almighty would rather have seen his baby cut in two than for you and I to perish. So you win, I lose. But there's a holy paradox in the midst of that, isn't there? Because in death, there's also that resurrection. In, 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 the, in, in the bad news of, of Jesus suffering and dying, there is the good news and our being able to live. He's, he said it over and over again. In dying, you find life. Jesus won by losing. He realized victory and defeat. And he calls each of his disciples to do the same. He calls us all to be the people of the cross. To, to, to be those that, that, that are, are, are willing to give up on winging and being right to follow Jesus in the way of self-sacrificial love. And too often, let's be honest, to church has picked the other course. 
We've decided to be a people of the sword, the people of division. And people get hurt along the way. Now, our United Methodist Church has been trying to cut the baby in half for a couple years now. And, and, and the pandemic keeps getting in the way of their precious meeting where they're going to cut the baby in half. It's almost like it's not God's will or something. We've chosen to be a people of the sword instead of taking up our crosses and saying, you win, I lose. Let's walk together. But Jesus said, whoever would be my disciple must take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Called to be the people of the cross to discover the victory in that paradox that when we, as the body of Christ, are broken for the world, then the world can find healing in our wounds. See, carrying the cross takes both hands. If you're carrying your cross, you don't have a hand free for your sword. To carry the cross means to leave the sword at home to leave the division, the right to be right at home. There's an old Japanese legend about a samurai. Do you all know you're going to hear a samurai story when you came to church today? This samurai uh, had, uh, had been through battle after battle, and he was still, uh, he felt strangely empty, and he was searching for the purpose in life. And he heard about a monk on a faraway distant mountain that could answer anyone's question. And so the samurai climbed this mountain and got to the top and found this, this, this monk, this old hermit that lived alone. And when he walked through the, the door of the temple, the monk was, uh, was, 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 was praying in silence. Samurai sort of <clears throat> clears his throat. The monk looks up at him. What would you like to know? The monk asked. So Samurai says, I need to know the road to heaven. And I need to know the road to hell. The monk looks at the samurai and says, why should I tell you? You're a butcher. Got the blood of a thousand enemies on your hands? How dare you come in here and profane this place with your presence? You're nothing but a worm in the sight of God. You don't deserve to be here. And as the monk spoke, the samurai's anger burned within him. How dare this insolent peasant talk to him this way? And suddenly he, he, he pulled out his sword and he lifted it up and he was about to strike the monk. And then the monk looked up and said, that is the way to hell. And the monk, realizing what had happened, backs up. He drops his sword and he gets on his knees and says, please forgive me. 
And the monk says, that is the road to happen. The road to hell is the way of the sword. And everyone you know is on it. It's a wide road. can accommodate all kinds of people, but it leads to destruction. But the way of the cross, the way of self-sacrificial love, the way of Jesus, that's the road that leads to life. That's the narrow path, and few will find it. It's an ugly world out there. It's an ugly world out there. People are engaged in a fight and they don't know how it's starting and they're just obsessed with winging it. And here's the bad news. In a little while, you've got to go back out into it. But you have a choice. What will you take with you when you walk out these doors? Are you going to take the sword or are you going to take the cross? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.